You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, thank you for coming back and joining myself and Jason Odell Williams again in this bonus episode of Five Final Questions. Today we discuss his golf game, the kind of shows he really wants to write, and the importance of teachers. I'm Patrick Oliver-Jones, and this is The Final Five. All right, Jason, we're back with The Final Five, and so let's get with question number one. Uh, If you could do anything outside of the arts, any kind of job, what would you want to be doing? Oh, professional golfer. And uh, why golfing? Are you good at it? I'm, I'm, I'm not good. I don't suck. I'm okay. I, I, I can shoot like an 80. Sometimes I can break 80. Mostly it's like 85. Cause I don't play a lot. That means nothing to people that don't play golf, but <laughs> if you do play golf, you know where I kind of stand. Um, but I just love it. It is so meditative. Um, it, it's like my yoga, my surfing, my whatever. I can just go out to a driving range and hit balls and you, you just go for an hour and, uh, you, you finish up, you get there, you do your thing, you finish up, you pack and you're walking home and you're like, oh, I didn't think about anything else for that whole hour. Like that talk about clearing your mind. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And when you're playing golf, like literally that's all you can think about is just, I'm just I'm trying to hit this next shot. And then you see where it goes. You're like, okay, now how do I make that shot? And what do I do? You know, you just, it just keeps you, um, I think in the moment really, really well for me at least. Uh, and there's nothing like squaring the club and hitting a perfect six iron or a perfect drive or sinking like a 20 foot putt. Like it's just, it's the coolest feeling in the world. Plus you're outside and I love green and greenery. So it just sort of ticks all the boxes for me. I don't know if there would be like a lot of crap that would come with being a professional golfer, but that would be awesome. I would love to do that. Yeah. 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 And plus you get to, to travel around the world and, and as you say, go to these beautiful courses. Oh, beautiful yeah. venues. It's just yeah. that, would, that's it. When you started asking the question, I was like, oh, I'm not going to have an answer. I have no idea what I want to do. It just came to me. So yeah, that's it. All right. Number two, what is a bucket list show? Maybe a a bucket list uh, performer, someone or an artist that you would like to work with one day? Wow. Um, Aaron Sorkin is one of my favorites, but I think actually I'll have to say Judd Apatow. I would love to uh, have Judd produce a show that I wrote. That's what I would love. What do you think he would bring to your show? So I think he would bring like a little bit of extra humor here and there, but I know what he brings to the shows that he produces, which is um, he brings a sort of gravitas to the characters, even if it's a silly comedy, but like the movie Trainwreck or the TV show Crashing with Pete Holmes. Um, uh, and what's the one? It's when he produces other people's stuff. Uh, I think he brings a really great touch to things. Um, he also is like a sort of a, a student of Gary Shandling, who is like an amazing creator. Uh, the Larry Sanders show was one of my favorites. Um, 
So I feel like I would love to just be in his wake for a little while and learn how he makes things that are so um, funny and heartwarming and charming all at the same time. Uh, I, that would be that would be a dream. A, a dream career would to be if Charlotte and I uh, sort of were the showrunners, creators of a television series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if we could get Judd to executive produce it, that would be the dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never going to happen. Well, hey, you, you never know. You never know. You never know what, what lies, you know, once coronavirus is done, anything right. is possible, right? Right, right, right. All right. Uh, number three, you, you kind of mentioned it a little bit with, uh, with Judd Apatow, but who is it that you look up to or, or someone that, that mentors you, inspires you? I mean, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to say, I mean, all those famous people, there's a ton of famous people that I look up to and inspire me, but I'll also say like my sort of teachers uh, all through high school and college and grad school. Um, I mean, I'll just name them all. I mean, the ones I think of are John Van Meter from high school, Richard Warner, Bob Chapel, Betsy Tucker and Colleen Kelly from UVA um, and David Gideon and Sam Schacht from the actor studio. Like I, I think about those people a lot as I'm writing when I was acting even more, but I still think about the things that they sort of taught me and the lessons I learned 20, 30 years ago. Um, so I look up to all of those teachers who, who gave a lot as, as teachers and directors, I work with them as best both teachers and directors uh, when I was acting in things they directed. Um, yeah, I would just have to lump them all in together, all my teachers. You, you had mentioned that you tried teaching for a little bit, but that wasn't what you wanted to do. Is is it learning from those teachers that made you realize, you know, that's not what I do. I can't do it as well as them. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I just felt like I was not, um, honestly, I, I'm too selfish. I think that's what it is. I think to be a teacher, you got to be really like, selfless you gotta want to like give more than you get and uh at that age i was, I was 20 when i did that it was, no, I was probably 19 when i went back and taught no i was probably 20 21 uh and i mean that's about as selfish as you get right <laughs> 21 year old um so I, at that time i was like nah this isn't for me and i also think it goes back to when i directed that one short film there's just something about that role that i just don't think suits me and I think it's probably my lack of patience um like I want things done quickly I want them right very fast which is why as a writer it's great because I can work on my own schedule my own time um uh so yeah I I think that was that's what I when I was as a teacher it was hard uh it's also hard corralling kids in high school I mean kids in high school are pain in the ass yeah Yeah. (laughs) yes Uh, we were (laughs) yeah so yeah I just this wasn't this isn't I don't know obviously just doesn't suit everybody so I could I I don't think that was my that was definitely not my calling so I gave it a shot and I was like nope not for me yeah (laughs) I totally but I totally admire and respect it like oh absolutely the the things that they do and put up with as you said patience is is vital uh, yeah in in a role like that absolutely um so on to number four, name a lesson or trait that took you a while to learn or one that you're still learning today. We kind of touched on it earlier. I think the lesson that took me a while to learn and I struggle with all the time is how to take feedback, just how to take it graciously, how to not be overwhelmed by it, how to not get pissed off by it, how to not piss off others when you disagree with their notes. Um, I think sometimes I'm better at it than other times, but that's the, probably the biggest hurdle it is, I guess the it's basically collaborating learning how to play well with others it's, it's tough in the theater because there's so many personalities 
everybody wants to make the, the project better, but they also have their own ideas. Mm-hmm. And so it's just navigating that. I mean, you know, any play that you've been in, you can think back and, and, and it's really hard to make a great show because so many things can derail it. Um, so you're always looking for that lightning in a bottle. And, and I'm trying as the writer to learn how to stay out of the way as much as possible, but also not be a pushover, like stand up for what you want. Don't be a jerk about it, but also listen when there's a better idea. It's just really hard. It's so easy to say, but it's just hard to do. So that's the thing I'm learning, constantly evolving. It's about how to take and receive and use feedback. Yeah, I mean, because there's such an ownership, whether whether you're an actor, writer, director, there's such an ownership of the idea or the yeah. the, the motivation that you've put out there. And so to have someone question it, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> and, and actors too, like, you know, they're like, I'm the one that's going to be up here every night, dude. Yeah. I don't want to have to say this if it doesn't make sense. Like, so everybody is right. Um, and it's about, you know, trying to find that group of people. That's why I love working with Charlotte now so much because there's that trust there and there's no ego there. There's zero ego between us, like none. And that's what you want in a, in a collaboration in a room, but it's hard when it's a bunch of strangers or people you kind of know. So, um, uh, that's why I think brothers and husbands and wives work well together because there's no, there's no ego or competition there. You're just like, let's get this right. All right. And last question, what Mm. is the best advice you've received? The best advice I've received, I'm going to say two things. This is what, sort of what I always say. Uh, one is from Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, uh, I don't think I asked this question, but he was at the actor studio. And he said, whenever you're writing something, he's like, write page one, turn it over. Write page two, turn it over. He, and he's basically doing what I said I do because I follow his advice. Plow through a first draft, then go back, rewrite it, and then go back. And he's like, and then once you think it's good, cut 10%. And then when you think that's good, cut another 10%. (laughs) Hmm. Um, So I like that advice for writing. And number two, my dad says this, and I used to fight him all the time about it, and I hated it, but now I think he's right, because I also tell my daughter the same thing. A lot of times in in this art profession, you get a choice. You get cast in two things. You get a a job here and a job there, and you have to choose. And he's like, if you can ever figure out a way to do both, do both. Talk to them and see if there's a way you can do both. Can you change the schedule? Can you both work at the same time? Can you push, you know, it's not always possible, obviously. Um, but as a writer, for me, it's a little bit sometimes doable. Uh, if someone wants me to do a project, I can be like, listen, why don't I do that on the weekends and the evenings while I still continue to have my day job? This and mm-hmm. that. So try and do as much as you can all the time. Say yes, because uh, like the coronavirus is teaching us that we might not all have a ton of time. So do whatever you can all the time. And did your dad give a way to decide between A and B when you have to? No, never. He was always <laughs> just like, do both, do both. There was one time I remember I had a decision to make. I got cast as a lead in a play and I got an in, a full year internship at the Shakespeare Theater in DC, which I'd always coveted and wanted to be a part of. But I was also cast as the you know supporting lead in a play at the Everyman Theater in Baltimore, which was not as big as it is now, but it was a decent sized theater and I had to choose one and I asked everybody what should I do what should I do what should I do and I said no to the play I said yes to the internship I did the internship for three weeks and I hated it and I quit Oof. it was awful I still was like oh I should have done that play man <laughs> yeah no I, I I have one of those as well I could have I was offered the Avita national tour or to do Tuacon and have these uh two lead roles in in the productions they were doing that summer. And it, it, it really just came down to the wire. It was like a week before Tuacom was to begin. 
and Avita came up and I was like, yeah. wait, what? So I, I, I went with the, the resume option as opposed to the artistic option. Oh, and were you happy with that decision? I mean, in, in some ways, you know, I got another national tour under my belt, okay. which was great. I got to work with Christian Blodgett, who's a wonderful music director, you know, so, so it, it certainly put me in, in a circle of people that was great to be with. And, you know, uh, you know, a couple of lifelong friendships that came out of that. But I ended up leaving Avita uh, before the tour was over to do another lead role. You know, so oh. I do wonder, had I done that, you know, had I gone with Tuacan and done the lead roles instead, you know, what, what that would have been. You just, you know. That's know. one of those tricky things, too, is like, had I done A or B, where would my life be? And so eventually you got to just be like, well, this is the path I'm on. This is it. Yeah. Don't look back. <laughs> Just a reminder, for a chance to get a signed copy of Jason O'Dell Williams' play, join the Win Me newsletter by going to whyillnevermakeit.com. One lucky listener, maybe you, will be chosen next month. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, and let's get together next time as we talk more about Why I'll Never Make It. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.